In today's episode, I welcome back Dr Verity Jones, an Associate Professor at UE Bristol. We talk about the environmental issues caused by fast fashion and the importance of educating people on the positive changes they can make by supporting sustainable fashion. A very interesting conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome back to the Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Watkins, and this week I am joined again by Dr. Verity Jones. Hello, Verity. Hi. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Lovely to see you again. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about fashion and the impact of the fashion industry, fashion waste. Let's start off with how you buy your clothes. Oh, crikey. Okay. <laughs> how do I buy my clothes? Um, very rarely, it has to be said. Um, yeah, I... Almost 100% buy my clothes through charity shops. Um, on Depop, I love a bit of Depop. So any kind of pre-loved is great. Um, if I do buy new, so I, I, buy, I do buy second-hand shoes, but I've recently bought some new shoes, which was very exciting. Fancy. I know, really pushing <laughs> the boat out there. Um, but I was really interested in how those shoes were made, who made those shoes, uh, where those shoes were made, and what I could do with those shoes once I'd finished with them. The old cradle to grave. Yeah, cradle nice. Grave. Uh, and these particular shoes ticked all of my boxes, including I could send them back uh, once I had finished with them. And then they would be uh, kind of uh, dis- d- d- dismembered or disemboweled or whatever <laughs> you do with the shoe when it's finished. Uh, and uh, and then would be remade into a new thing yeah i've seen quite a few companies who've started doing that where you can um send back your items and get a voucher towards new clothes oh it's so important i mean kind of looking at how we deal with the the fast fashion industry and disrupting that fast fashion industry and for those of people who aren't sure what fast fashion is fast fashion is um cheap clothes made quickly to fit with current trends so kind of years ago we might uh, go and do our shopping kind of two seasons you'd have a, a summer season and a winter season uh, and you'd go and you buy those clothes and now uh, new clothes are coming into the shops almost on a weekly or bi-weekly basis so there's a this kind of huge demand and in actual fact uh, unfortunately the UK is the epicenter of Europe for fast fashion so we are buying a massive amount of this very cheaply made uh, fashion that um in the creation of that fashion has an impact on both the environment and on the people who are who, who are working in that industry. Um, and then it's kind of well, what do we do with it? In actual fact, um, I've, I've got my little my little statistics handy here. Handy notes. My handy notes because <laughs> I can never remember them. Um, one in three garments in the UK are only worn twice. And I have to say, I've got some pieces of clothing that I've had for about twenty years. Mm. Um, so I know that some people absolutely wear their clothes until their threads um, but a lot of people kind of buy and then they're left with it and then it's kind of oh, what, what do we do with that um, and that whole process as I said it, it needs to be disrupted the, the, the clothing industry um, provides about 
10% of our greenhouse emissions uh, globally. Um, it's got a huge, as I said, this kind of massive impact on social and environmental justice that we really need to address. Um, so, so, so that's what I'm interested in. Mm. And I've heard horror stories about people returning clothes and the clothes just being burnt or thrown straight into landfill or entire rails of clothes just no longer being able to be sold maybe it's got a particular brand the labels being cut out and these clothes just go in onto landfill Uh, well about 500 billion dollars um a year are dumped or burned of brand new clothes Mm. that haven't been sold so we've got this massive amount of clothing um a lot of those clothes as you said either go to landfill or are burned or are shipped off to um more uh, the developing countries tends to be within Africa as well so you have these massive kind of dumps of you know unwanted brand new clothes um, that that someone else is having to deal with. Mm. And if we were to track backwards so prior to the item being bought there's obviously so many processes that go into making these clothes so from the creation of the fibre the dyeing of the fabric and none of these processes are free from harm at all are they no not at all and something like 90 percent of the fibers that we wear actually um come from the petrochemical uh petrochemical so i i would ask you now and this is what i quite often do is uh, look at your label so if you look at your label kind of where is your clothing made and so many people don't even look so yeah let's, <laughs> let's just have a quick go does it even say on mine it's been worn that off. so mine is 100 percent cotton so if it's 100 percent cotton there's certain places in the world that grow cotton so cotton tends to be grown in either america or china so we've already got to think okay so the, the my little top has has, has done some travelling around. Mm. What's yours, my friend? Mine's a cotton. Okay, you're you're cotton too, I'm and cotton. Um, uh, and it says made in Bangladesh. Mine does. So if the cotton was grown in America, it's now got to be transported all the way to Bangladesh, where it's then made into thread, and then it's made into uh, kind of swathes of cotton fabric, and then it's dyed, and then it goes to different factories where it's all kind of sewn together, and then you've got this kind of nice little bit of embroidery. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and then it has to be transported to uh, our shops or our online warehouses or, you know, wherever, and then it comes to us. And that... And that's got a massive impact, but actually the biggest impact on the environment is, isn't just that, it's also um, how, how we then care for it. So, you know, what, what, what are we doing to look after our clothing? We wash it an awful lot because lots of our clothing might have polyester or, as I say, these, ke- these petrochemicals in them. They produce microfibers. So um, about 30% of microfibers that are in our oceans actually come from washing our clothes. Uh, And people don't realise that. So there's all sorts of things that we can do to reduce the impact of our clothing. And, you know, that's what I always like to dwell on more is, yes, we've got all of this bad news going on. But actually, let's look to the positive and what are the good things and what are the positive things that we can do. Um, And fast fashion is a really interesting one. So here at UE, we've been doing some research with young people about uh, their understandings of of these kind of climate issues. And fast fashion came up as the... um, the issue that people don't know 
enough about compared to things like um, carbon footprinting or recycling and things like that. And yet, as I said, it's got this massive um, kind of umbrella of doom over it. Um, So we're looking to see how can we provide education that uh, empowers and enables positive engagement and change through fast fashion. Incredible. I just want to talk about... uh, Sometimes when we talk about fast fashion, the argument comes up about if we no longer participate in fast fashion, won't we be taking jobs from people who work overseas to make our clothes? Um, I'd like to know your thoughts about that, but it's also reminding me about how deadly fast fashion can be. Um, In 2014, there was the collapse of the Rana Plaza. So that was, for anyone who doesn't know, it was a factory where people were working to make clothes that were sent over to the UK and other parts of the West. People lost their lives because of the conditions that they were working under. The building wasn't safe. Their their working conditions just weren't healthy conditions. So where do we go with that argument? You've talked already about buying new items and finding out about the sustainability of those items is that the way to go are there other ways what should we be doing okay as with anything with sustainability it is complex and messy i think i might have said that before if anyone has listened to the 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 food podcast that we we looked at so uh, the the fashion system is really complex and there are many things that are connected and there are many things on a systemic um, systemic changes that we need to, to, to look at. And you're quite right. We had the Rana Plaza disaster, um, which I think was 2013 because we've just had the 10-year anniversary. Right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> don't don't apologise at all. Um, so we've just had the 10-year anniversary of that. Over a 1,000 people lost their lives. Um, and uh, food, la- food labels? No. Fashion labels like... Um, uh, well, do, do you know any of the fashion labels that were involved with that? Uh, I think there was a boohoo. There was a boohoo. Um, yeah, there there were many of our uh, the, the recognised. Well, there was next there, um, all sorts of fashion labels. Uh, and since then, we have seen that the the. the Fashion Revolution, which is a charity that I uh, I work with really closely, um, they kind of were born out of that disaster, and they've been fighting for uh, greater compensation for those people who um, who were affected by it, but also to kind of re-educate and um, really call for change within the system. So we've now got the Bangladesh Accord. The Bangladesh Accord is for clothing companies uh, to say, okay we are going to sign this accord and because of that we will make sure that there are fire escapes for our workers, our garment workers. We will make sure that the buildings are safe. We will make sure... And it puts into process so that we have uh, social justice within that part of it. Unfortunately, not all of our big brands are signing up to that accord. Um, So that might be something as a consumer you might be interested in. Are, uh, are, are the clothes that I'm buying or want to buy and the brands that I really like, are they ticking these boxes so that the values that I hold as a consumer, I want the the, the, the people who are kind of you know making my clothes and, and in charge of all of that, I want them to kind of stand up and be counted. And it can be a really difficult place to navigate as a consumer. Where on earth do we start? So um, Fashion Revolution and the work that I do, we say, well, 
do a hashtag who made my clothes on social media and ask them say you know who did make my clothes or what's in my clothes or where did my clothes come from ask them and it's been said that if you ask those questions to uh, these these brands that is equivalent they they know that one person asking is equivalent to 2000 people thinking it 2000 mm. so the more people who ask the greater the people sit up and go okay so we perhaps should be thinking about this so you can go direct to them and ask quite often they will perhaps ask to DM you, which is quite funny, and going, oh, okay, why, why aren't you just telling me outright in public? Um, but if you want to um, uh, have a look at some of the kind of... Uh, top brands that are looking to be more transparent in the way that they are uh, producing their garments, then Fashion Revolution has the Transparency Index, uh, and which is update, we update it every year. Uh, and you can go online and check that out and work out who is being transparent, who's got, for example, an anti-slavery um, commitment, who has got an eco or electricity, renewable electricity, whatever it might be. Um, and, and you can kind of pick out the brands and that, that's an easier way perhaps to navigate these issues thank you let's talk about greenwashing so no. it's the complete opposite to what you've just said anyone who's not familiar with the term greenwashing is when a company pretends they have green credentials that they really don't and I think it's worth us talking about this because fashion brands are notoriously bad at doing this uh, especially fast fashion companies where they bring in a line of clothes that they say have recycled fibres within them or they do a donation scheme where you can drop off your clothes. Um, and you might be thinking, but Charlotte, you've already mentioned about dropping clothes back to a um, a brand. But what I'm on about is sort of having a massive bag of items that you donate to a company and you don't know where those co those clothes are going mm. past the point that you've given them yeah so greenwashing what can we do about it again it's kind of trying to be as informed as possible as a consumer uh, and it can be really tiring and quite often we need to think about okay what 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 are the steps that we can do so one of them is we, we can find out from things like fashion revolutions transparency index or we can contact the the maker i and i have to say my family cringe when i walk into shops these days because um i i, I ask i ask questions i say so can you can you tell me who made this can you tell me how sustainable it is um and some shops have completely trained up their, um, their uh, the, the people that work there and they're brilliant and they can answer those questions or direct me to where I can find those answers and some people just look at me and it's not their fault um, but I think that is really important so um, the, the greenwashing is really difficult to identify um, it is kind of trying just to keep abreast of it um, and it, I mean if you're in doubt don't buy go somewhere else mm -hmm. Because I work with a lot of young people, um, you know, I'm in the School of Education and Childhood. We work in schools, so we, we literally work from cradle to grave. But we work a lot in schools, colleges and higher education. And um, lots of people say, oh, you know, I want to be sustainable, but actually can't afford it um and you know we go in and go oh you know there's these amazing uh, amazing labels but actually they're really expensive because they're so sustainable and what we don't want is people going home and going oh crikey i can never buy clothes from that shop again because it is just so awful um 
but you know having guilt and racked with all of those kind of things so what I would say to to those kind of people is if you've got five pounds to spend spend it as if it's 500 pounds and then look after that garment and wear it and mend it and give it to somebody else um, to make sure that the the life of that garment is both loved and respected um and you're doing your bit then. You're not just chucking something away. You're not not wearing it. You are loving what you wear and you're really committed to, to, to that piece of clothing. I love that. And I'm also a massive Depop fan. So if anybody is thinking that they want these sustainable brands, maybe going on sites like that, apps or websites where it's secondhand clothing is actually the way to get those sustainable brands secondhand. So hopefully oh. it's cheap away absolutely Um, everyone's a winner (laughs) absolutely everyone's a winner and what was really interesting was on love island uh last year um they teamed up with ebay for the first time and um usually i can't say that i'm a love island fan but (laughs) but i'm going with it um uh they teamed up with ebay so that the people who are on there uh, do uh, th- they have kind of money to buy a wardrobe of clothes, and then lots of them do tend to go on and do advertising for things like Boohoo, which haven't got a great record of uh, sustainability. Um, however, what we had this year was that they had some of that amount of money had to be spent on pre-loved clothing, and I think that sends a massive message out to people that it is okay to buy secondhand, it's okay to buy pre-loved. Um, and 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 that's what we need. We need a real positivity around these things, especially if, like you said earlier, people are wearing items two times mm. before they're getting rid of them. You're practically getting a new item mm. that may have been like worn, washed once, mm. thrown Absolutely. away. Um, so actually. They're quite new clothing, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah, I'm always finding a brand new piece of clothing in the charity shop with labels attached and just like, this is such a win. (laughs) This is so cheap. (laughs) And Bristol especially, we've got some brilliant charity shops here. Oh yeah, we all know the good ones. (laughs) Central Bristol, that's the place to go. (laughs) So what other projects are you involved in? You've talked about uh, Fashion Revolution. Any other projects that you've got in the pipeline? Yeah, so at the moment, uh, I'm doing a lot of work and I've mentioned this before with Sparks which is the new sustainability hub down in town and we are doing all sorts of work around fashion there so um, we're working with uh, Sustainable Fashion Week down there uh, which is a a great kind of celebration of all things sustainability and uh, we do workshops all about the the, the fashion system and trying to get people to um, really think through what uh, what is in their wardrobe and how, I keep using that word that kind of disrupt how can we disrupt it a little bit I like to be you know be a bit disruptive um, and one of the things that we found is that in order to extend the life of garments um, mending is a real key skill and we tend to have uh, lost a lot of our mending skills um, you know historically so in the war for example um, soldiers on the front w- and incre- yeah, quite a lot of the time men would be sewing or knitting or crocheting um, and lots of those skills have been lost. Um, I, I go into schools and I say, kind of, right, raise your hand if you've ever sewn and even though it's on the curriculum, so many children have never picked up a needle. 
um, that, you know, their textiles is perhaps using collage and sticking things down. So that's not using the skills that we need to kind of encourage people to mend their clothes. And you can do things quite jazzy um, or, or you could uh, kind of repurpose something. So I really like mending clothes that um, that also highlights the mend. So it can be a talking point. Because a visible mend, I think it's called. It is indeed a visible <laughs> mend. Right. Not that I did this on purpose, but it was a bit chilly this morning. Oh, we've got a prop. We have got a prop. <laughs> hang on, hang on. My my elbows always go. So, uh, so look. No, I want I want the other elbow. So you will see on my elbows. Look at that. That's lovely. So I am showing a nice, yeah, green wool on a grey jumper. Lovely, lovely. See, have a little chat. Not very neat. I don't think that matters. Absolutely not. I don't think that matters. It's charming. It's charming. And then you can (laughs) repurpose as well. So some people have better skills than others. Now, I know you've got a background in textiles. I do. So I did a degree prior to the one I'm doing at UE. So that was textile design. So that's why I have a bit of a bit of knowledge around the whole fashion and textile industry Mm. and how wasteful it can be and what we can do in order to reduce our impact so yeah yeah. absolutely so you can kind of be skilled up can't you I mean I just and there's some great free tutorials online about how to do things and how you know how to make all of the the, these things um there's also the if if you want to learn more about it uh, I co-wrote the who made my clothes free future learn uh course we've had over 17,000 people go through that which is amazing um but you know I'm sure you're very skilled textiles my friend is also very skilled in textiles her background is uh textiles so my present for my birthday bless her are the trousers that I'm wearing at the moment which are made out of an old bedcloth and you Incredible. just think, that's so cool. I did spot them when you sat down because they've got very jazzy pockets. They have got a, they have got a jazzy pocket <laughs> and they're, they're maroon and they are the softest, softest things. But they used to be a sheet. Incredible. Really clever. Incredible mm. stuff. I love all of those um, businesses where they are taking old items and making them into new things. Mm. Have you seen uh, the bags that are made out of old inflatables? No, I haven't seen those. Incredible. So I have got one of their bags and it used to be a bouncy castle. How awesome is that? That's great. That is great. And I think people are becoming more creative in their thinking. So I was down in Sparks at the weekend um, and, uh, and we've got... Uh, Obviously, pre-loved clothes, but we've also got things like um, dog leads made from old ropes from the sea that have been... So it's kind of thinking about how can we use the materials that are around us in different ways for different purposes that are going to reduce that kind of impact. Mm, Absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, One thing that we haven't really talked about is actually just swapping clothes. Mm. No money needed. Um, So clothes swapping parties or even just using your friend's wardrobe as an extension of your own is a great way. I think it's great. And I'm very fortunate now because I have two daughters who are actually taller than me, uh, and I can use their clothes. It's brilliant. Winner. (laughs) (laughs) New outfit choices all round. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But as well as swapping clothes, it is that thinking about how how we look after our clothes. And I know that I've mentioned about uh, kind of how can we mend things and and look at mending and, and sewing skills, but also just how we wash things. Now, do we actually need to wash as regularly as possible. I mean, I don't, but... Yeah. (laughs) 
and, and when I talk about food, I always talk about doing a sniff test. And I also talk about doing a sniff test with clothes as well. So um, I know that some people, um, and I, I don't like to say it's students uh, or young people, because I know, you know, a lot older people do it as well, kind of dump clean clothes and dirty clothes on their bedroom floors quite often even without wearing it they end up back in those washing machines without being worn um, or they get worn once or for 10 minutes and then they're kind of thrown off and put back in the washing machine and this is increasing the impact of our clothing on the environment it's using loads more water loads more energy it's increasing the amount of microplastics that are going into our water systems you know etc etc so really thinking about do i need to wash my clothes do i need to iron my clothes um if if you've got jeans jeans are brilliant i mean you really don't need to wash jeans very often at all if you think they're getting a bit stinky my top top is pop them in the freezer i've heard this mm, pop them in the freezer it reduces all smells genius <laughs> asterix do wash your socks and your pants pants and socks <laughs> are a definite must yes please do wash those keep clean <laughs> absolutely but things like Jackets that we just throw on over the top of an outfit. You don't need to wash them that regularly. Um, I'm a big fan of wool jumpers. I wash them, you know, once, twice a year when the, when the weather's nice. Yeah. Um, because in the meantime, it, it wool is such a fabulous fibre, isn't yeah. it, that it it doesn't soak up smells. No. It, it's just incredible. Yeah. It doesn't really get stains. And no. if it does, you can just... Clean that stain, Just yeah. dab, dab yeah. a stain. Dab the stain. <laughs> Don't wash the whole thing. No. <laughs> uh, what about when we are washing our clothes and the cycles that we choose? Because I have heard about a higher temperature and a faster drum cycle creating more microfibers. Yeah, creates more microfibers, uses more energy, uses more water. Um, so the lower the temperature and the lower the um, the whizzy bit, the better. <laughs> Technical term there, the whizzy bit. <laughs> Reduce your whizzy bit. <laughs> and there are also lots of projects here at UWE that students can get involved in, no matter what course they're on. Um, so recently, a sustainability hub has opened up in UWE. Uh, I went along this week and um, students can bring old items of clothing. They'll get a token. Uh, they'll get two if it's a very nice piece of clothing, if it's very well kept. Um, and then they can swap it for other items of clothing. Um, and it wasn't just clothing. Like I swear you could deck out your entire flat at that place. There were ladles, there were pots, pans. Anything you would need was in that sustainability hub. Um, and surely it's just going to increase year on year as students move out, as you know, they get to know about the sustainability hub. Um, I think it's an incredible resource that we have here. Um, and our green team, so that's a society here at UWE, is really involved in so many different projects, um, both within the university and wider Bristol as well. Um, I think it's also worth saying that Bristol is a really eco-friendly place to live, isn't it? Like uh, it's it's great in terms of um, transport links. So I don't drive. Um, there are so many eco-friendly businesses around Bristol. You've talked already about Sparks. You know that's an incredible resource that is just a stone's throw away from where we are mm. here at UWE. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
Bristol, Bristol's quite unique, and I think as far as sustainability goes, we're, we're working really hard on it. Um, and um, the, the Green Team are fantastic. It's our biggest student union team um, across the university. And if, if you are interested in how to reduce your impact on clothing, um, they also hold sessions where we, we have mending sessions. So you'll probably find me there as well, to be honest. And kind of we all get together and we have a bit of a sew of our bits and pieces. People can bring things down and learn how to mend um or if you know if you buy someone a coffee they might even do it for you mm, good <laughs> tip good tip um and also people can be making their own clothes so you've talked about your friend making um her own clothes mm. there's there's nothing stopping people like reinventing outfits that they already have or just finding online tutorials with how to how to make something new out of something old. Um, I've seen great tutorials about how to take an old jumper and how to make it into a hat and some gloves and things like that. It's just like you were saying about being creative with the materials that we already have so that we don't need new things. Absolutely, and that that's the critical part because lots of people say, oh, and I make all of my own clothes, but a lot of those people make all of their own clothes from new fabric. So it is having that inventive style in, in your head thinking don't need new stuff I need to kind of you know how can I use the stuff that I've already got but in a different way amazing thank you so much for joining me again this one has been brilliant I've loved hearing about all the projects that you're involved with thank you so much great thank you join me next week for our fourth and final installment of the Changemaker podcast I'll be joined by Paul Roberts, who is the Head of Environment and Sustainability here at UE. We'll be talking about how UE supports staff and students to live green as possible whilst they are studying and working at the university. I hope you can join me. See you next week.